0: All right, writer, document, audience. Uh, Let's see. Here's what we've covered so far. This is chapter 1. And, you know, your basic, I'm Peter, good to see y'all, I'm writing to you kind of thing. He identifies himself and his audience. And then he has this, the rest of the chapter is about the Christian life. And that God is the one who is the instigator and gets the life started. And God preserves the life that He begins. So we've looked at that uh, for some weeks. Now we're at chapter two, and it's a the whole chapter is a warning against false teachers. So we we won't get all of that. Um, I think this is the only portion we'll probably get tonight. Just the first uh, verse. a lot there. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Let me just go ahead and read it. Second uh, Peter 2, verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them bringing upon themselves swift destruction. All right. Uh, Chapter 2 is a vigorous arraignment of false teachers and their Christ-rejecting heresy. Um, Chapter 1, Peter sought to lay a foundation, um, and now he he knew there were some dangerous enemies in their midst, and now... Chapter 2, he's ready to identify them and denounce them. Uh, Notice the first word there, but, of course, suggesting a a contrast between the true prophets of God there at the end of chapter 1 and the false prophets that are now going to be depicted. Uh, Perhaps uh, it flashes before the uh, original audience uh, the reminder that Peter's purpose is to fortify them against seductive teachers that they will confront, all right? You know, it's um, typically the false prophets, the false teachers were rather winsome, you know? They didn't have a label, said, I'm a false prophet, believe everything I, or question everything I say. No, they were winsome individuals, often very articulate and uh, could put forth a, a good argument And uh, Peter wants them to be very careful. Uh, This chapter is devoted to the exposure and condemnation of false teachers. There's a natural progression. Um, There are three parts to the chapter. Verses 1 and 3 give a concise 1 to 3. Give a concise picture of the false teachers. And we'll get to part of that tonight. Secondly, he establishes their fate what's ahead of them, uh, from examples of God's past judgments on evildoers, verses 4 to 10. And then finally, the third section of chapter 2, he gives a detailed and vivid description of the false teachers, and he concludes the chapter with that. So, let's look at uh, the uh, characterization of Dale's teachers. Dale's teachers. I don't know how that happened, y'all. I need to speak to my editor, which I think I'll be talking to myself. <laughs> they spoke to me characterization of the false teachers. Oh, man. Peter, <laughs> that's going to throw me the rest of it. Peter indicates that his announcement of the coming false teachers in the church is in accord with the experience of God's people in the past. And then he sets forth there the essential features of the false teachers. All right? So, let's look at uh, the historical analogy. At least those two words are spelled correctly. Uh, The first part of verse 1. He says, but false teachers also arose among the people. He says, then this comparison language, just as there will be false teachers among you. All right, let's have a look at that. So Peter is predicting false teachers within the church, and that that would be in keeping with what has happened with God's people in the past. They just creep in. They sneak in. Notice his language, the false prophets also arose. He just summarizes the past history without calling attention to the individual specific occasions where false prophets did appear. He just says, you know enough of the Old Testament, they arose. Um, you know, perhaps one of the easiest ones is, uh, I think I may have men- mentioned it uh, another week, was the ministry of Elijah. Elijah was alone, and there were hundreds of prophets of Baal. One guy, and he's kind of weird. (laughs) Elijah, and they have this big showdown, big standoff, and there are hundreds of false prophets. Think of their enthusiasm. And one man, one prophet of God. All right, he says, uh, false prophets also, also arose. Um, You know, it's like tares in the field. You remember the parable Jesus told in Matthew 13 about uh, an enemy sowing false seeds or weeds in in a garden, uh, coming up in a crafty manner. He says, he calls them false prophets here. Now, that may indicate a person who falsely claimed to be a prophet. You know, they, they would be a counterfeit prophet, or individuals who made false predictions. You know, could be either one or both. Um, in Deuteronomy 18, verse 20, we have a section on identifying those who are not sent, <laughs> how to identify a false prophet. And it says that there would be one who lacked a divine commission. God never sent them. All right? And yet they presumptuously claimed to be God's spokesman. And uh, such a sham prophet would offer a false message, of course, that could not be trusted. So there was a, a close connection between the character not being sent and their message not to be trusted. The two go together, the message and the prophet. Um, he, um, back in our text, he says, the false prophets also arose, just as there will be false teachers. Um, and Peter is setting up a contrast. You know, um, we saw in, let's see, verse 21 of chapter 1, where he was writing about the Scriptures. He says, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God. You know, the Lord doesn't send a talking giraffe. You know, He sends people. He calls them. He equips them. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. All right. Let's see. Notice again, just as just as there were false teachers among you. So there's an historical analog. They they can look back in the history of God's dealing with His people and say, aha, there and there and there and there. These things happened and and God took care of them. Um, It is never long before the true work of God encounters the presence of satanic counterfeits. And often... um, the language is so close they be a little difficult to tell them apart. Uh, Daniel Defoe, uh, you know, the Robinson Crusoe guy, uh, wrote in 1701, whenever God builds a house of prayer, the devil always builds a chapel there. <laughs> you yeah, have a choice to place to worship. You <laughs> <clears throat> know, Whenever God builds a house of prayer, the devil always builds a chapel there. And here it was. You know, there was a genuine work of God, and uh, Satan or the devil was building as well. He says uh, that they, there will be false teachers among you. Among you. They will mingle with God's people and try to wrest or twist the work from God's workers, but they will not have the field to themselves. Uh, Peter does not uh, carry on these uh, you know, Old Testament warnings against false prophets, but rather he speaks about teachers in their day. And uh, this false teachers may be understood in two ways. One, those who claim to be teachers, whose claim to be teachers is false because they are not authorized teachers of the church. It's possible. Or those who are functioning as teachers and are teaching what is false and perverse. And it seems that both ideas, that they're not authorized by the leadership of the church there, and actually what they're teaching is wrong. It is false, okay? Uh, They will seek to operate and be accepted as teachers in the church, but the message they have will not be in accord with what God has revealed in the Scriptures. Uh, The idea here that uh, they do not claim, now this is important, they do not claim to present new revelation. Well, the Lord told me, you know, just this afternoon, It doesn't seem to be that. But rather, they're offering their teaching or their understanding of what God has said. And it's false. They're offering their understanding as accredited and authentic truth. All right. He says, um, there will be just as there will be Uh, presents the scene is still future. Okay. By contrast. Uh, it's interesting. By contrast, Lord willing, a couple of weeks will be in Jude. Jude has no future tense verbs. It's not that they will be coming. No, they're here. They're right now in the present. It's a little difference between the, the two books. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Peter was already aware that false teachers were working in certain areas of the church. They're mentioned in Acts 15, verse 24. Romans 16, verses 17 to 19. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 12 to 15. So this issue was is already having to be addressed. And uh, with the predictions of Jesus as solid precedent, look at Matthew 24, verse 5 and 11 and 12. Jesus' prediction, Peter foresaw that he was standing at the commencement of an even greater eruption of evil within the church. Peter's future tense here, there will be false teachers. Um, He looks beyond his own day, certainly includes it, and points out an outstanding characteristic of the whole history of the church. It's either on the right, it's on the left. Some people outside, sometimes they rise up from the church or self. Um, all right, there's historical analog. Uh, let's look at some essential features here. There are three. He goes from you know, this, the history portion uh, to mentioning three essential features of their conduct. And he introduces this picture with the pronoun who, which serves to emphasize the character of false teachers as a group instead of calling out Fred or Jerry or Jim Bob. Uh, It's just a group of them, apparently. Notice the first uh, essential feature is that they will secretly bring in destructive heresies. They will secretly bring in destructive heresies. This depicts their reprehensible activity. Uh, He says they will secretly bring in. Uh, That verb only occurs here in the New Testament. There's no other sneaking around in the New Testament. This is the only one. And it basically means to, to bring alongside or to introduce something to uh, bring something in new is the idea new in addition to what the church has already received okay uh, while the notion is of secrecy is not necessarily involved the thought of stealth you know wily e. coyote stealth conveyed is conveyed in the rendering that they will secretly bring in. Uh, commentators genuinely think, or generally think, that the context suggests a picture of introducing something in an underhanded way. Okay, I'm going to slide it under the table here. Not everybody will see it, but you'll catch on, kind of thing. Um, it's, uh, there's. The, a kindred I don't know how else to put it y'all he says that we'll secretly bring well that root is also picked up by Jude in Jude 4 where it is translated false teachers have crept in unnoticed that's how it comes across in English so now we have people secretly bringing in things Jude speaks of Um, some having crept crept in unnoticed Uh, one commentator describes it as sneakingly covertly so that the unwary simple people will not note what these teachers are bringing okay all right and what will they teach well not the book of romans will they Um, They will bring in destructive heresies. Destructive heresies. Um, The word heresy here, uh, it primarily means a choosing. So that it is that which is chosen or an opinion that is selected kind of thing. And it has the implication of a deliberate self-chosen opinion. Uh, The term readily came to denote a group or school that uh, fostered its own opinions, a sect. uh, In the sense that it is used of the Pharisees in Acts 15. You know, talk about a bunch of rules. uh, Not from the Lord. Acts 15 verse 5. Acts 26 verse 5 about the Pharisees. Sadducees did the same thing. Acts 5, verse 17. And this language of heresy is also applied uh, to Christianity by its opponents. Hmm. Acts 24, 5. Acts 28, 22. These self-chosen opinions often lead to division in the church, as you can well imagine. Think of the situation at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 19. The churches of Galatia, Galatians 5, verse 20. Because the views taught or espoused were frequently substitutes for the truth, this term, heresy, came to denote erroneous or heretical teaching. They were incompatible with Christianity. Incompatible. Um we see Peter talks about the way of truth in verse two, so what these false teachers are bringing in was incompatible with the way of truth, and he not only calls them heresies, he calls them destructive, destructive heresies. I think about it. are there any other kind? Is there another kind uh, not does not mean teachings about destruction, but rather teachings that cause or lead to destruction. These false teachers brought in their self-chosen teachings that altered the foundation of Christianity and thus threatened to bring the ruin of the true church founded upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, Peter is kind of fond of this word, destructive. He'll use it another four times in this letter. Um, um, and he can, several times, they, can, they refer in the idea of final judgment. See, the final judgment is not extinction, but Ruination. It is not the loss of being. We don't just disappear. No, it is the loss of well-being. And if these false teachers prevailed, their teachings would mean disaster for the true church as well as for its individual members. All right. All right. They secretly bring in destructive heresies. Second notable quality Of them, they are denying the master who bought them. Wow. Uh, One person said, this exposes their crime and guilt. Here it is. They're denying. And it's uh, kind of present tense participle. It's repeated denial, constant repudiation of the claims of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, remember who's writing this, good old Peter, what we know about him. Although this phrase may reflect the long-remembered grief of Peter over his own denial, remember that, Peter's mere momentary denial at a moment of strong temptation differs from this persistent negation, and apostasy. Um, The false teachers will flagrantly deny predestination. What is it? What is it? Some article of Christian liberty or the doctrine of the church or the place of elders? What is it? What are they denying here? The master who bought them. me, the master who bought them, namely uh, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, of course. Um, One, uh, this word in some translations actually comes in um, with the English word despot. We kind of have a negative connotation uh, with that. But this word, uh, translated master here, is used about ten times in the New Testament and denotes one having supreme authority. Uh, The term implies a master-servant relationship based on the fact that they were bought by this master, bought to be his own servants. What was the purchase price? What was the purchase price, y'all? Precious blood. First Peter one, verse eighteen and nineteen knowing that you were ransomed from the futile way inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Precious blood. The master who bought them. These false teachers are denying him the master that bought them with his precious blood. Um, The obligations to serve him, this master, grows out of his purchasing. Y'all, there are a lot of motivations in the Christian life. Lots. Sometimes we'll hook on to somebody who's beating a certain drum in a certain way and, you know, And uh, so much has to do with our understanding, why ought I to do this? Whatever. Why? What's driving me? I don't know about you. Often, a lot of times, it's not precious blood. It's what you might think of me. what might be said, if this and that. A lot of drivers, a lot of motivations in the Christian life. We do well to ask the Lord to keep before us precious blood. Precious blood. That's why I do what I do. That's why why I want to do what I do. We've been bought with precious blood. Uh, True believers gladly confess that they are not their own. They've been bought with a price. Again, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23. All right, but what happened is going on here is that these false teachers are denying this. Denying, they are repudiating Christ's rightful claim upon their lives. Well, denying, denying the master who bought them. <clears throat> uh, then the third characteristic or quality that, um, that Peter brings up is that they are bringing upon themselves swift. Destruction. Wow. Uh, this certainly relates their crime with their sure doom. They are bringing it. Again, present tense, participle, and indicating that their persistent denial of the master, their master promotes a process that will culminate in their certain destruction. And they are bringing it upon themselves. It's self-inflicted. You know, how odd. The work of such false teachers never results in the overthrow of the cross, but it always brings about their own swift destruction. The idea is swift here denoting a sudden or not necessarily soon, but sudden destruction. Uh, destruction, again, is a word in the New Testament that is the opposite or the antithesis of salvation. Okay? Um, it's the uh, destruction here is apoleia. And uh, we get a character in Pilgrim's Progress kind of drawn from this, Apollyon. Remember where Christian uh, is in the valley of humiliation of all places. Uh, One of the weakest points in his journey to the celestial city. Guess who decides to fight him there in that weakened, dark state? All right, well, (laughs) y'all, I'm out of notes. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, we finished even earlier than last week, but uh, I think you see it. I I don't know about you. I just, uh, if someone is going to tell me avoid these people, it helps me to understand. Could you give me a little background, you know, what's, what's with them? And that's what Peter does when he gives their kind of uh, historical analogy of false prophets in the Old Testament. But here's some features. Here's some qualities you can look for in them. He gives three. And, uh, you know, he's just, a, just an old fisherman. And he says, you know, here's what they look like. Here are their pictures, you know. And uh, so just to help the people to whom he's writing uh, to be able to identify them. And deal with them accordingly. All right. Well, let's pray and we'll be done. Um, Heavenly Father, we do ask that you will, by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, that you will be our teacher. And uh, we thank you for including this letter in your word. We thank you for. Uh, the spirit of truth who bears witness with the word of truth, we ask that you would give us understanding. Help us even, Father, it just seems to show a light on uh, some Old Testament passages and the false prophets that arose there. Um, Help us grow and be mature, wise in our assessments. And uh, most of all, would you enable us to persevere But we ask indeed that you would preserve us in the way of life and truth. Through the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.